Welcome to the show. Great to be with you, Paul George, Deacon Bear in studio. Great to be with you today. Thanks for listening in. Dude, how's your week been? Great. I actually sounded more like Herman Munster then, sorry. It's yeah, like, um, the change of weather. You got like a cold, <laughs> like what? I don't know. I just, I was feeling raspy, feeling gritty like a bear. Mm. How you doing, man? I'm good. I just got back in town late last night. That's sort of a common theme uh, for mm-hmm. me lately, but I uh, was in Charlotte, North Carolina, and now I'm in Lafayette, Louisiana. That's awesome. And what I love you, it. What were you doing I love Charlotte? being home. Home's yeah. home's where my heart is. It's it's where I stay. I love it. It is the best place to be. What were you doing in Charlotte? Dude, we have so many surprises for the show today. Yeah? I'm going to get to your question about Charlotte, but we have some <laughs> surprises on the show that if anyone's listening from anywhere on the podcast or on the radio, like this is the show to listen to. Yes, this is the surprise show. Right. And you know when you talk about like in, in business and in life and in like flow of things, there's inflection points. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. These, oh, yeah. are, these are the, the points of like growth. Today's show is going to be that inflection point for us. Really? Yeah. Wow. <clears throat> yeah. This is the show to listen to. Yeah, and I'll, I'll explain that later. But I was in Charlotte. I did a consulting uh, workshop for a parish uh, staff and team, St. Gabriel's in Charlotte, North Carolina. Awesome. Phenomenal parish, doing great work. So if they're listening... Great job, guys. Like, really crushing it. Is this the team you visited with a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago? Same? No, different team. Oh, wow. Different church. So you're, just, you're just rocking North Carolina. He's like, that's the state I want to help. I don't know I what's going on. Uh, and then um, I did a talk that night for the parish. They do like a an adoration night and whatnot. Nice. So, uh, but they're doing great work. Plus, you know, I'm trying to connect them to some of the retreats we're doing so that they can... Um, Mm-hmm. You know, jump on board for those marriage, men's, women's retreats that we do. So yeah, it's great. I had a great time, but they put me up at a bed and breakfast. Wow. Okay. Now yeah, it was right down the, the way the church is like in a neighborhood, so there was not hotels around, so they wanted me near. And they're <clears throat> in this neighborhood. There is a bed and breakfast. It's called Providence Bed and Breakfast. Wow. Ooh. Yep. Yep. The owners so cute. They love Jesus. Get the Providence name. Yes. You know, like, uh, anyway. Um, but funny story. I walk in. My flight's delayed. It's late at night. And um, uh, I didn't get in until midnight. And um, so the guy didn't know I was there at the bed and breakfast. Mm-hmm. And so I'm undressing to you know, get in bed and go to sleep because it's late. And he walks in. Just some random guy I've never met in my life. That's great. It was a... I mean, how? What better way to meet someone? Yeah, I mean, you're starting off really close. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, there that was, and that went down. So anyway, well, you made it, man. I'm proud of you. Yeah, I made it through that, and uh, um, so anyway, but okay. So I woke up the next morning early because I had some work all day, and the breakfast was unbelievable. Here's what I didn't know. So the guy who owns the house and the woman, his wife is from Italy and cooked the most amazing Italian breakfast. And I sat out on this patio under a nice heater and she brought fresh, I don't know, can you say fresh cappuccino? Sure. An Italian cappuccino and espresso and frittata 
and homemade bread mm-hmm. and all these Italian things that I didn't even know how to pronounce. And this is when I don't send pictures home to my wife because she's like, <laughs> I do not feel sorry for you right now. Because she's getting the kids ready for school right. and getting them off. And I'm, I'm sitting on this patio in like 60 degree weather eating Italian breakfast. Mm-hmm. And that was a glimpse of God right there. Yes. God does love you, Paul. And sometimes he sends you Italian breakfast. Yeah. You know what was interesting, though? On that day was the reading. So um, the gospel reading where Jesus sends the disciples out. Okay, and I'm going to paraphrase it because I don't have it in front of me. But I read it. I was reading it that morning. Um, And the gospel reading was about Jesus sending the disciples out. And he says, wherever you go, what like just wherever people welcome you in, just go. And whatever they feed you, whatever they give you to eat, just eat it. Like just, and I, and I was literally just like living in someone's house, mm-hmm. just receiving what they have, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I know this sounds crazy, but I, I don't eat bread. Yeah, that's true. You're not I, a big bread guy. Yeah. And uh, I just don't, I just don't eat bread. Right. You're the bread winner, but not the bread eater. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. She brought out homemade loaves of bread and I just, the Lord was like, eat it. <laughs> Do not deny what she's put in front of you. Like she, yeah. like her hospitality was so beautiful, and her gift of hospitality and her excitement about what she was cooking mm-hmm. and her ministry. I didn't want to like, um, yeah, like turn down like her gift. Right. It was really kind of a cool moment. I, I know that sounds crazy. No, it doesn't sound crazy at all. But I would have just eaten like the eggs and like the the stuff that. You know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But anyway, here's here's the thing: the bread was unbelievable. I bet. Yeah, I bet. How many loaves did you eat? <laughs> well, I ate I ate more, and then she cooked me a whole loaf to take home. Yeah, which I don't think you could take a whole loaf of bread in your suitcase. Did you get to smell it as it was cooking? Like, could you smell the? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <clears throat> so anyway, <laughs> great trip. You poor Paris was awesome. <laughs> and look, those are little moments, but like all my flights delayed. You know, there's all these like desolation, consolation, desolation, consolation Mm -hmm. moments. And you just have to receive them all. Like you just have to go with it. And I've just learned that. I used to try to control it and and then fight it. And then now I'm just like, oh, my plane was delayed because they were trying to fix. And this is the first time ever. I've, I've had a lot of delays and a lot of these. They were trying to fix a sticker on the plane. You're kidding. I swear to you. That's what I was like. What? Like. Can I go fix the sticker? Mm-hmm. I'll just I'll just do the sticker. Wow. Okay. I, I wouldn't think a sticker would delay a flight. Okay. One of the things I'm excited about is that we got a shipment in of a hot box. Hot box. Hot box. There we go. Who's it from, Adam? Well, it's from Mom. Show Mom. Yeah, the Show Mom. Wow, another well, box from the show, Mom. What I'm realizing Thanks, more Mom. and more lately is that because the show has your name, the Paul George show, it's like the show is you. So your mom is the show's mom. Your cousin is the show's cousin. Right. Your friends are the show friends. Yes. And so we have a mom. and mom We do have a sent, show mom. And sent. we have a hot box segment. Now, here's the thing. I've been trying to rebrand the show to be Adam and I together. <laughs> no, Deacon I like Bear, it. But... 
Like we it. refuse to sit down and change the branding. So here's the hot box, Adam. You got to open it wisely and tell us what's in there. Wow. Okay. Well, we got uh, a lot of things in here. I'm just warning you. <laughs> uh, we got mom went all out canisters for tea and water. Nice. I guess anything else you want to put in there, but um, it has tea bags ready to go. Oh, you can actually make the tea. It just in says the add water. Yeah. Now here's the thing, everyone. This is what my mom knows best about me. I love iced tea. Unsweet. No ice. No sugar. Just plain iced tea. And, yep, of course you got cashews. a whole lot more unsalted cashews. Like a, that went well last time. Huge. You're going to have to open those, by the way, in a minute. Um, huge. So, okay, what else? Thanks for the box, so she Mom. Thinks, the she thinks mom. you're hungry. Yes. Goldfish. Goldfish. Do you like goldfish <laughs> and in the, particular? Uh, the flavor. Flavor blasted extra cheddar. Yeah. Yeah. Is this is this like from your childhood or something? Did you throw down some goldfish? No, but my kids are going to. My youngest will love that. Addie's going to tear that up. Yeah, she will. Man, she must have like. <laughs> okay, we got. Okay, uh, look, here's what moms know. And if you're a mom, listen to this. That the key to your kids' hearts are food. Yeah. Okay. So what we is that? We got Oktoberfest uh, beer-flavored pretzel, pretzels. Those are all for you. You're the beer man in the room. All right. So I'll you keep, don't even have to share those with me. I'm going to let you, and I think mom would agree, that you can have the beer-flavored pretzels. Thanks. And it seems like there's one thing It says bear on it. Oh, it's just for you. One thing just for me. I think she has a, a bear crush. Well. Yep. Let's see. <clears throat> uh, you know what I'm guessing it is? Uh, you want me to guess? I mean, if you I don't to. know what's in the box. I'm guessing it's beard oil. You got it. Lumber yard beard oil. Wow. So I can smell like I was chopping lumber. Man, which you... is great because I don't actually chop lumber, but I'd like to smell like I do. Look, you have nine kids. You don't need more. So I would kind of, <laughs> you know, make sure that you use that wisely. Yeah. You know? Thanks, mom. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Wow. Thanks, show Very. Mom. Very thoughtful. See, this is what we like about the hot box. Yeah. It's strategic, it's thoughtful, and it's got surprises. Tons of surprises. Tons of surprises. This looks like some grade A beard oil, too, gotta say. Like a Chanel or something. I don't know. Like it could have a commercial with one of those commercials. Like Can you open it up and smell fierce. it? I wonder if it's something like the 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 perfume that they put on Jesus' feet when they washed his feet. Yeah, I mean... Like Jesus' feet was a beard. I think back in the day, oils and smell goods were a lot more important. They're important now, but like people bathe pretty well nowadays. Right. Great. Just, well, speaking of surprises, uh, we have some, some other surprises on the show. We actually have a guest coming on the show later. What? Mm -hmm. You're kidding. A guest, good friend of mine, I'll explain, who is going to do our six-pack uh, segment today. six-pack specialist? Yeah. Six pack specialist today. Um, dreams do come true on the show. Um, so yeah, thanks uh, for the box, mom. Uh, appreciate it, and I can't wait for Adam to smell a little bit better. <laughs> we are in close close quarters. We are in close uh, quarters. We got an uh, awesome list of saints this week as well. Uh, if you look at the saints um, for this week, I mean, we got Adam. We got. Simon and Jude. Come on. They're kind of a big deal. Come on. And we don't think a lot about them, right? Mm -hmm. But when you read about their life, 
uh, and what they did. Uh, they're in the Gospels. Yeah. Right? Um, who's listed more in the Gospels? Is it Simon or Jude? Uh, it's, well, J- Jude, I guess. I mean, Jude was in really all f- neither. <laughs> all four Gospels, though, his name's missing. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And then uh, there's a letter. Jude has a letter. So uh, there's that. <laughs> but poor Simon. Um, I mean, there was another Simon. No, Simon is mentioned in all four lists of the Apostles, Correct. right? Correct. Um, and then uh, I'm wondering why they... Jude is named in Luke and Acts. Mm. Okay. Um, and he's also known as Thaddeus. Right. So you love all these connections because you're like, oh, yeah, I'm reading about Thaddeus. That's also Jude, which is also very confusing. Yes. Like, why don't they just use the same names? But a lot of people had double names. Correct. Or nicknames. Correct. Right? Yeah, especially because people didn't really have last names. So they would have these nicknames to help distinguish mm-hmm. them. People um, don't think I have a last name. What do you mean? They just think my name is George. They Paul, call me George all the time. Paul George what? And then they're like, what's your last name? And I'm mm-hmm. like, it's George. And they're like, no, it's not. It's crazy how people's minds get fixated like that. Because a lot of people call me by my dad's name around Karakur, where we're from, just because they think of him. I don't know. And they still just call me Mark. I could know him for years and years and years, and they'll call me Mark, which well, is fine. It's well, a great compliment. What's your full name? Me? Yeah. Adam Lewis Conk. Lewis. Yeah. Louis. Yeah, Louis. Is that a family name? Yes, it mm-hmm. is. That's how. <laughs> Louis. It's French. It is French. Louis is, is definitely French. Yeah. Okay, Jude is, is named in Luke and Acts. Matthew and Mark call him Thaddeus, and he is not mentioned anywhere else in the Gospels. Mm-hmm. Uh, except, of course, uh, where all the apostles are mentioned. But he's one of the most famous apostles in America, at least. Now, he did have the letter to yes. Jude, and so why is he famous in, in America, America, at least, because of the St. Jude. He's a patron saint of hopeless causes, right, or help, helpless causes. or, And so we have the St. Jude uh, Research Center named after him that's done great work for right. especially children with cancer and, and uh, other ailments. And so he's, he's famous because people know they can reach out to him in a very desperate situation, um, but particularly because of his patronage of our sick children in America. Um, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Simon is mentioned in all four lists of the apostles. Okay, mm-hmm. so they're both apostles, obviously. Uh, two of them, uh, he is called the Zealot. Yes. Okay. Well, I would be mad, too, if uh, my name was Simon, because imagine, um, let's see. Well, actually, this is your life. As you go around telling people about Jesus, and you say, I'm Paul George, and, and they get excited, and they're like, not that Paul George. It's like for Simon, he's like, I'm Simon. And he's like, oh, you're the Pope. You're, you're No, not that Simon the Apostle. Right. The other yeah, and people mistake me as the NBA basketball player Correct. all the time. Correct, because you look just like him. At least my name, until they right. see me. <laughs> and then they're very disappointed. So Simon the Zealot was a Jewish sect uh, that represented an extreme of Jewish nationalism. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he started following Christ. Um, and yeah, um, so that's cool. Simon and Jude this week, those are some some cool names to to kind of you know, geek out on. Mm-hmm. Um, so last week, John Paul II, um, I mean, we've had some some cool ones, and we'll talk about a few more, and we have some surprises and some guests, and we're going to eat some cashews and goldfish and make some iced tea and pretzels <laughs> in the break. All right, uh, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Wow. 
Welcome back to the show. Great to be with you. Paul George, Deacon Adam Conk, the Bear, in studio. Uh, back at it this week. Been a crazy week, but thanks for listening to the show on the podcast, wherever you are listening. And on the radio here, KLFT Radio, Christ the King Radio 90.5. Um, love being a part of the show and in Acadiana. Um, dude, what a box. Yeah, and I was thinking over the break, you know, um, there's just something so maternal about feeding your kid. Uh-huh. Like, it's it's kind of like your main thing as a mom, I guess. You start, yeah. like, as soon as the baby's conceived, you're providing all the nutrients yeah, from your true. body. Mm-hmm. And then you nurse the baby. And then you got to, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking about, of course, our blessed mother who, like, that's her role in the church, to mm. feed us all the time. Right. And she good does point. a good job. Yeah. Like, mom, the show mom reminded me of Mary today. This is what Mary would do. Oh, that's beautiful. With grace, you know, it's like... Here, here's all the the show mom saltless cashews you can eat is definitely smiling right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, here here's a couple of things I'll note. Of course, mm-hmm. the cashews and, and the tea I'm taking home. You can't have them. Of course, the goldfish is going. My daughter Ada needs that. Yeah, the beer pretzels. Your eyes lit up <laughs> when you saw the bag of beer pretzels. So look, I'll be generous, and those are yours. Thanks, man. Okay, you don't even have to share them. Appreciate it. Okay. I won't even share it with my kids. But the beard oil probably was the best surprise in the box. Yeah. Which means... <clears throat> now, do you want that or can I keep that? No, which means my mom's been <laughs> listening and she uh-huh. knows that we've talked about beard oil. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, at the break, I put some in my hand, put some in my hand and then um, put it on my face. You did. And I don't have a beard. No, you don't. And it smells good. Yeah, you like it's, it? It's, it's very um, non... Like it... Can't be harsh. It's not overpowering. Right. Can't yeah. be harsh because you yeah. carry that around all day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to put it on and then just tell me like what the feedback is. Sure. Uh, I'll let you know. From friends and family. I'll report next week. <laughs> like, Just walk around with it on and just like let it glow. Let it glow. Let it glow. It's beautiful, Paul. Yeah. Okay. Uh, do you have a heavy scene? What did you say? That is so interesting. Oh, for real, though? Paul, did you know that sometimes the punishment doesn't fit the crime? Um, yes. Because they say it does, but sometimes it don't. Sometimes it doesn't. I think sometimes people were unjustly, you know, not only accused, but like maybe they did something wrong, but the, the, the penalty is far greater than what it should have been. Correct. Well, last week yeah. in Savannah, Georgia, mm-hmm. a state you used to call home, Georgia. Yeah. You Dad, two kids uh, were born in Georgia. Georgia. Mm-hmm. It was Paul, I had an aunt named Georgia. Paul Georgia. That's a family name. Nice. So you have Louis. Yeah. And I have Georgia. Nice. Jo- she was Georgia George? Georgia George. And then she got For married real? and then wasn't Georgia George. But, Georgia George? Yeah. That's and awesome. And now my kids, who have ne- never got to meet my aunt Georgia, she passed away. Beautiful woman. Um... Love the name Georgia. It's coming back. Georgia George. Well, I my like girls that. won't be a George if they get It'd married. It'd be like if I named my daughter Conky Conk, <laughs> which I'm not going to do to her. Poor Conk, thing. Conk. Conky Conk. I'm not going to do it. Well, anyway, so a man in Georgia last week uh, was driving too fast, which I don't condone. And in fact, he was driving 35 miles an hour over the speed limit, which was 55. Okay. So he was driving 90 when he got stopped. Okay. I don't condone this. I'm not trying to defend the guy. Okay. But his speeding ticket that he got, I kid you not, was $1.4 million, the fine. Wow. Was that a mistake? Well, 
he sure thought so. So he called uh, the court, and the person who got on the phone, he said, no, that's that's the fine. Maybe they're trying to just eliminate speeding altogether. <laughs> I mean, that ought to do it, right? And it, it's kind of like me in college. I got busted for doing a prank in the dorm with my roommate. Mm-hmm. And so the prank in itself wasn't bad, but because they wanted to stop the pranks from happening or continuing, mm-hmm. they used us as an example and then threatened to kick us out of college. Man. But it didn't fit the crime, but they were using us as like, hey, we're, we're stopping this altogether. Right. Well, he figured that it was a typo. Um, his name's Connor, by the way. So Connor figured this must be a typo. So he calls. They say, look, you either pay it or you go to court in, se- in December. And that's it. And he's like, what? One point what? Million? So, 1.4 million. So uh, he's he's quite confused, angry. Frustrated. Not, uh, I don't know if he could afford it or not. Well, anyway, so it's found out that um, what's happening is they have a software. They have an algorithm. They have yeah that generates citations called e citations. Okay. So they're they're given more and more over to AI. You know what I'm saying? Right. So so this computer auto generates citations based on the input that the police officer will give. Okay. And then sends the citation like right to your phone, so you nice. don't get like a ticket. Oh, good. And um, technology. Right. And the amount of this ticket is legally just a placeholder until the judge would give the actual fine. Let's say. But um, anyway, so it was a computer error. But it took a while for him to get people to admit it was a computer error and that he didn't owe one point four million dollars. Would you freak out? How much would you freak out if that happened to you? Not too bad because when things are that ridiculous, I'm like, all right, well, there's no way this this is like it's just not gonna happen. So I'm I'm good. I know that at some point this will get rectified, so I wouldn't freak out too much. Right. What about you? Well, it's one of those things where I think a lot about justice. Okay, uh, and so. In our faith and relationship with Christ, there's no crime that he doesn't overcome, no sin that Mm -hmm. he doesn't forgive, right? Right. And so no matter what anyone's done, no matter what I've done, Jesus erases all debt, right, through his death and resurrection. Yet there's still, um, we still pay for those those you know, there's still consequences to our actions, right? Mm-hmm. Like we can't, some choices we make, there's still of an ongoing flow of those, okay? So decisions we make or whatever. So we can be totally forgiven and yet do a crime and get put in jail, right? And we have mm-hmm. to pay a penalty for that crime, and yet we can still, through Christ, be totally forgiven of that debt, right? So this, this sort of like influx or balance of, uh, our our sin and our wrongdoing has a just penalty, and yet Jesus still forgives that penalty and loves us. That makes sense. Yeah, totally. It kind of reminds me of uh, when little children are playing basketball, which I see often these days, and they just can't reach the goal. They can't shoot that high, right? Right. So I'll lift them up. You know, let's say my two year old or three year old lift them up so that they can make it. Mm-hmm. So there's no way they can make it without me doing that. But they still need to shoot the ball, right? And it's kind of like that when we with penance for our sins of our past life or even current life. It's like there's no way we can actually make up to God the offense we've given him through sin. Ever, no matter what. No matter what. Yeah. But by his grace, our Lord comes not to take away our crosses, but to make our crosses bearable, kind of like the little child, right? Mm. Like to lift us 
higher by his grace so that the effort we do make, although it's not enough, is still necessary. That, like the way St. Augustine put it, um, God chose to create me without my consent, but he won't choose to save me without my consent. Like mm-hmm. I have to have um, some movement of the heart towards an effort of my own penance and salvation uh, for the Lord to, to, to actually, for me to actually achieve um, what I need to achieve for God to save me. Not that we're saved by anything but other than God's grace, but his grace has to be cooperated with. It does have to be cooperated with in a sense of, I have to also do my part in sort of making amends of my wrongdoings, right? Mm-hmm. I have to ask forgiveness from the Lord. Uh, I have to go ask forgiveness of people I've hurt or offended, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if I've done something wrong, I have to pay the penalty. Now, look, again, there's no penalty that God doesn't forgive, right? But one of the things I do have great compassion for, back to the story, is that there are people who have committed a crime that have got an unjust sentence, yeah. right? Yeah. And <clears throat> maybe they got sent to prison way longer than they should have for maybe a juvenile crime or something that, you know, they, they got tried as an adult. And you know what I'm saying? So, like, th- this balance of, of um, <clears throat> you know, maybe we find ourselves in a place where we feel like we've paid our dues and we don't feel free. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And the the only thing that I can say into that is that the more you lean into Jesus, the more you find freedom. And and that's the paradox of, of the cross, is that our Lord chose to save us in such a way that in the very act of saving us, he was an unjustly condemned criminal. Hmm. Condemned, although he knew had no sin, committed no crime, committed nothing egregious at all, he was executed, right? And he was an executed criminal. That's how he saved us, as an executed criminal. So that we, whether we're condemned justly, like the good thief said, you know, we're condemned justly for what we did, talking to the bad thief. Yep. Sometimes God's going let to that, let that happen. He's going to let us experience the consequences of our sin. But uh, sometimes we get away with it. And we don't admit it, right? Like we say something we shouldn't say, we gossip about somebody, or we do something we shouldn't do, and then we kind of get away with it, and we don't get what's coming to us. Um, there's a lot of times that we don't get punished for the sins we do deserve. And even that, our Lord uh, our Lord forgives us and brings us salvation. I was thinking about this recently. Paul was visiting with a friend, and he wouldn't mind me saying this. I won't say his name. but I'll this, say his name. No, this, sure. guy, this guy was um, away from the faith, for a long time, a decade or more. And in that time, turning to drug use, uh, doing a lot of things that he would say he broke people's hearts, like his family. He his hurt himself friends, and a lot of people. Hurt himself. Yep. Like he, he, his world fell apart for so long and he was, he was isolated and mean. Um, there's no way he can make up those 10 years to his family. There's right. no way he can make up those 10 years to his friends. Right. And uh, the Lord's not going to ask that from him, right? But he is doing what he can do now to say he's sorry, to make amends. But he doesn't even remember or realize the way he hurt people. But in the Lord, that's okay. Right. Because the Lord's going to guide him into what he can do to make things right, um, little by little, day by day. And so one of the things he's doing, like he didn't go to Mass on Sundays 
for a decade, so he's going to Mass every day until he makes up every Mass he missed on Sunday. Wow. Which but, is just something to do, right? That's great intentions right there. Yeah. You know, like that that's just like taking your recovery with great intention of like, you know, yeah, I'm really going to... That's the thing. When we accept God's forgiveness and the freedom that Jesus offers, that's undeserved to us, right? No matter if we've never committed, like, like we're like, I've never murdered anyone, you know, like... <laughs> The, the smallest of things we can never repay, but Jesus forgives all of our debt. And to, to, you, to, to access that grace and to move forward, that's what God wants for us. So this guy is like, just like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to allow the momentum of God's grace to take me wherever I need to go. Okay, uh, so an example maybe to kind of live by, do we have a weird Catholic stuff? Yep. That's weird. No, you're weird. You're weird. You're Your weirder. Whole family's you weird. You wear beard oil. You weird Catholic people. Weird Catholic stuff. So, okay, so to, to kind of say what is weird about St. John of Capistrano, whom we celebrate on October 23rd. Yeah, this week. There's a lot about him that's weird. Let's say the healing miracles he did or, or his name. There's or his something name. about Capistrano that just feels so good. What, what is Capistrano <laughs> well, a town, right? In Yeah. Yeah. In Italy. Yeah. I think there's a soup named after it, right? Capistrano. Capistrano. And there's also, there's a quote in the movie Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> Do you remember that movie? Yeah. Academy award winning film. Yeah. Yeah. They say something about like the, the, the streams of Capistrano. Capistrano. Do you yeah. remember that? Oh Yeah. And I've always wondered what they're referring to. It's flowing like the streams of Capistrano. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm sure they're not referring to Saint John of Capistrano, no, but no. maybe the city in—is it Italy? Where yes, is it from? In Italy. Okay, yeah. that was a good guess. Well, I'm going to say the weird thing about the life of Saint John Capistrano that matches weird stuff we do as Catholics would be drama. Okay. Church drama. Yeah. We do it. We do it well. Hands down. Catholics do drama. Not yep. to say that non-Catholics don't have drama, but we Catholics do drama in a very particular way. Okay, so explain And this. his life puts drama on display, like all church drama. You think about it, what kind of church drama can there be? It was during his lifetime, and he had to deal with it. Okay. All right? So let's start with um, before his religious life. He was actually married. Okay. Uh, was, a, was a civil servant, and he became governor of a city. And uh, he was pretty good at it. And he had to deal with the political drama amongst Catholics, which that's a layer of Catholic drama, the way we fight about what laws ought to be or whatever, right? So his wife dies, and St. Francis of Assisi appears to him and tells him he needs to become a Franciscan. Wow. That's pretty strong. So that's weird. Yeah. But, so he does. And he becomes a Franciscan. And... Uh, Within the Franciscan order, now this is, uh, let's see, 1425, so like 200 years after Francis. Yep. And there's Franciscan drama mm. in the Franciscan order. Yep. There's some folks who have gotten away from St. Francis, and then some folks who want to stay, you know, like we want to be just like St. Francis was, and they were fighting amongst themselves. I don't like drama. Total drama. I don't deal with drama well. Well, apparently John dealt with drama well, because from his political background... In politics? I can mediate drama, but I just, <laughs> yeah, like, if you don't, 
have a solution to the drama and you just live in drama, mm-hmm. that's not a good thing. No. You know, eventually, like, you have to kind of deal with it, get over it, move it on. So did he play a role in kind of helping with the drama? Well, so he gets involved, and he's he's in the, the group of the Franciscans that want to stay true to St. Francis, right? Okay. And the other side demonizes them so much that it, they get a reputation of being heretics. Mm. So, now, have you ever been falsely accused? Yes. Of something? Even if it's not, like, a crime, but just, like, a, a behavior or a, a thing you they said you did or said. That, I, man, that, that's like hard to deal with. Well, that's in-church drama. That's what we do. In-church, right? Like, say, you're a faithful Catholic, I'm a faithful Catholic, like in this situation. So mm-hmm. we're both followers of Francis. But for some reason, I don't like you very much. I'm going to ruin your reputation, yeah. reputation with everybody else. False accusations are, mm-hmm. like, horrific. That's what happened with John. Yeah. And to deal with them, and you know that they're false. I mean, isn't there a prayer, uh, like the prayer of humility, mm-hmm. that talks about... The humility to deal with sort of these, yeah, these false accusations, false accusations, right? Yeah. Like, the, like in Christ, like Christ, you know how many times Christ was falsely accused, right, in, in his ministry, and he just continued to go to the Father and pray to the Father to understand his identity and to live in his identity, so that false accusations didn't derail him from his mission. False accusations are probably one of the hardest things to deal with for us as people. Yeah, and the thing is, the weird Catholic thing that we do is that we justify those false accusations and that kind of spirit of animosity hmm. as like, you know, the mission comes first. I'm just doing this for the love of the church or whatever. Um, and that's it's just weird. And it is weird for non-Catholics, and I've seen this because I've done RCIA for a while. Right. And non-Catholics coming into the church, when they discover this kind of world of infighting in the church, whether it be between liturgy, you know, wars or Theology, whatever. disagreement. Or just or... local drama, like, well, yeah, this, you know, every parish has drama. Right. When they discover that layer of, like, what John had to deal with the Franciscans, mm-hmm. it's ugly. And they're shocked. And they're like, how, I, th- I thought we're all on the same page. You know, I thought, like, mm-hmm. in the Franciscan order, I thought we we're all following Francis. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's it's a weird thing that Catholics do. It's shocking. But we do it. And we... we feel justified in it and in here's what's interesting saint john of capistrano i love saying that name the streams of capistrano <laughs> he's the patron saint of judges mm-hmm. which i can relate to we have judges in our family and our guest today might be able to relate to that mm. uh-huh um so he's the he's the makes sense he's the patron saint of judges mm-hmm so he, intervention that's what a judge does he intervenes and then makes a makes a call on you know whatever needs to be you know settled right. so he uh it gets so nasty and their reputation of being heretics gets so bad mm-hmm. that he's called to rome him and his group to answer for the charge of heresy we had a lot of saints that have been falsely accused padre pio we talk about a lot right you right know, he it's was a false, common theme you know yeah well, they clear things up in Rome because clearly John loves the Lord. He's a great preacher. He's a he's a healer. He he would have these healing services, so to speak, of like thousands of people um, regularly because he was just he was known to be a healer. So anyway, he helps diffuse the church, the Franciscan drama, and he really does bring healing to this rift. But it even gets worse for John as far as church drama. I know that sounds pretty bad. Does it? I mean, get being worse? called to Rome. Because you're a heretic, because your brother Franciscans are trying to destroy you before the Pope, that's pretty bad, right? 
gets worse. Okay. How worse? <laughs> well, there's two things John couldn't control that were happening. One, a plague. Okay. And the plague that wipes out, you know, a third of Europe, or a third is left. I'm, uh, a lot of people. A lot of people. And that's a stressful time. That is very, sounds okay, very so stressful. Okay, so people are stressed out, all right? Well, during that time, there was, there was a situation of schism. Now, this is one of the weirdest things Catholics do is start fighting about who's the real pope. Oh. And you have different times in history where you have these anti-popes, people claim yeah. to be pope. And we have a few of those today. That happened in John's time. we have time. a fake pope in America somewhere. We do. Yeah, that's cool. I he's wanna, in Kansas, I think. Yeah, he's just hanging out in Kansas, mm-hmm. just doing like Kansas stuff. Pope Michael II mm-hmm. is what he calls himself. That right? is amazing to me that he's just rocking it out. Yeah. You know? Well, there was uh, four people who claimed to be Pope at the time. Okay. And John had to help deal with this situation. He's help. a mediator. Yeah. He the master judge drama. And he, he helped uh, the church in this difficult time and, and the faithful to... I know. have had judges in my family who have dealt with other people's drama, but just not the drama in their own family. Yeah. <laughs> so that's been amazing. Here's the line I love about, they wrote about him. Um, and this is challenging for me. Okay. It says, John, uh, worn out by his superhuman efforts. Capistrano was an easy prey to an infection after the battle. He died October uh, 23rd, 1456. Superhuman efforts. Superhuman. You imagine like at the end of your life, you just like, I gave gave it all. He did. Um, and that's what I needed to do. So He dealt with drama all the time. Hmm. And that's like the... Drama mama. None of us want drama. That's the other weird thing about the church is like being Catholic, you have to love the church with your whole heart knowing there's going to be drama. The best way to deal it's with drama happen. is stay close to the voice of Jesus. Yeah. Right? And then allow the Lord to speak truth into you, your heart, and the situation. And then don't worry about what people say that is false about you. I know that's easier said than done, but I think you get to a point in an age in your life where you just can't spend time worrying about what people think mm-hmm. about you. Um What's most important is what the Lord thinks about you and your closest friends, you know, and, yeah. and the people who hold you accountable in your life. So, And you can't let the drama stop your good work. So, like, St. John Capuchon is a huge example of that. He was known for so many great works in the midst of the drama. So, for example, he spoke to, like, college-age people, mm-hmm. young people, regularly in these, like, youth group meetings or whatever and changed, like, thousands of lives by his preaching, mm-hmm. by his presentation of the gospel, all while he's dealing with this inner turmoil, you know? Um, so, yeah, that's the weird Catholic thing we have to do, is that we know the church is broken, we know the church is flawed, we know sometimes people claim that the Pope is not the Pope. Like, all these things are true, but God is calling me to do a great work within the church and to love the church, and I can't let my... That's exactly what the devil wants, is that because of the drama, I'm going to focus on that and my own self-preservation instead of doing what God sent me to do in the church. That's great. And that we can't do. You know, we can't let drama win. I love this. All right, so um, <clears throat> we're going to take a break. I'm going to leave a little bit more time for the last segment because we have a guest coming really? on. Really? Yeah, live. It's exciting. This is exciting. It's been a long time coming. And I want to eat some cashews, some goldfish, and some pretzels at the break. So, uh, all right. We'll take a break and we'll be right back. Paying too much for health care and supporting services you don't believe in? Our sponsor, Solidarity HealthShare, has prices that are 60% less than the nation's average cost of health care. 
Join the nation's leading healthcare sharing ministry built by people of faith for people of faith, saving money through ethical and affordable health care. Call now to see how much you can save at 844-387-8533. That's Solidarity HealthShare, 844-387-8533. Welcome back to the show. Great to be with you. Paul George, Deacon Adam the Bear Conk in studio. I'm having dreams of Capistrano. <laughs> Do you know what part of Italy that is? No. Okay, we're going to find out. And maybe since we are raising support to go to Italy, remember? Yeah, that's right. We Did you forget about that? Oh, I did not. Okay. Whatever listeners want to organize that trip and pay for it. And bring us to <laughs> we'll Italy. We'll be happy to go. Yeah, and look, we'll do the show from there, and we'll do talks and retreats. We'll find some more of that bread you had. And we will just go with Italy. But I have one, you know, one caveat. I'm not going without my wife. Your wife has to go. Yeah. Agreed. Same here. Right. Same here. A hundred percent. Or my nine kids. I'm just kidding. I'm not taking my nine kids to Italy. I want to enjoy Italy. Yeah. I love my kids, but exactly. that's, that's a lot. Yeah. That's a whole tour bus just for the conks. Just for the conk, the conk conks. Yeah. And your newest conky baby, Conky Conk. Like Georgia George. <laughs> conky Conk. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, I'm excited about our guest uh, today. A uh, good friend of mine and first cousin, Holly Carbo. <gasps> Welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Hey, what's Holly? up? It's been Holly's dream to come on the show. A wow. dream. Okay, well, let me tell you. Well, now, we all have our dreams. When I say Holly and I are friends, we are. We grew up together. We're the same age. Mm-hmm. We graduated high school together. At the mm-hmm. same high school, um, college around the same time. We got married the same year, same summer. Wow. The summer of 97. It's and the then summer of 97. I, we were May. Y'all were June or July of July. 90, it's 97. And then we've stayed in touch, but then we've lived in different places. Mm-hmm. And now, after many years, <laughs> we're living in the same city. <laughs> and we're excited about it. And she's been after me to come and do the six pack of questions because she knows a lot about me. Mm -hmm. And is this true? Yes. Very true. Very true. And did you say that she's your cousin? I don't think you said that. First cousins. Yeah. First cousin. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. So she's the show's cousin. To kind of tie it all in, like our grandfather was a judge in a small town and we have an uncle that's a judge and we had lawyers in our family and, you know, different people. Yeah. We put the fun in dysfunction. And (laughs) neither of us were judges or lawyers. No. Mm-mm. No, no, not even but I close. rolled up to Lafayette and everybody says, you've got to meet Paul George. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the funny thing. Yes, so I, I do. I transferred high school and to the, the school that Holly went to and we graduated together. But we're, I mean, we're first cousins. We mm-hmm. grew up together like friends. And so we we're walking around school and people thought we were dating because mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. we're just, you know, friends. and they're like, we're like, wait, we're related because we have different last names. Mm hmm. So we're related cousins, but we have different last names because Holly's dad and my mom, brother and sister. Right. So how about that? Well, welcome, cousin Holly. Thank you, Deacon Bear. It's so good (laughs) to see you. Now you finally get to meet the bear. In the live. Right. He does have a beard. I do. He's got some gray, but not much. Mm -hmm. What surprised you most about Deacon Bear that you just (laughs) didn't know when you never met someone, but you've heard him on the radio? 
I thought he would be large, like a bear. Oh, like mm. a big bear. But he's T90. Yeah, he's not He's not big. No. Although last week you talked about being a fat bear. <laughs> I actually asked Paul if he was making fat jokes last week. No, I was like, <laughs> Adam, but he said no. Adam brought it up. I mean, yeah. You didn't hear the show last week. Go back and listen to it. You talked about, yeah, you know, the, the not, world's fattest bear in Alaska. <laughs> yeah. And not wanting to be the fattest well, bear. I just felt, in I felt sorry for the bear. <laughs> okay, so we're going to do a six pack of questions, and Holly's going to lead it. She's going to. Question. All right, you ready well, for actually, this? Well, actually, I want to do a five-pack of question. A five-pack? You can do whatever you want. And a command. Okay. Whoa. Here's what you need to know about Holly, and I've learned this. We've known each other a long time. I cannot tell Holly what to do. Mm-hmm. She's going to do her own thing. Is that true? That is correct. Okay. <laughs> but in that same vein, I can't tell you what to do That's either. true. That's why we get along so well. That's right. Yeah. Okay. This might take about an hour to get through. That's fine. Look, we Because you're going to be stubborn. We have a 10-minute segment right here. (laughs) (laughs) Which is like a radio hour. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's see. My first question is, you talked earlier about people blaming people for things they haven't done. False accusations. Yeah, and that's part of bearing wrongs patiently, right? That's right. Okay, what is something you got blamed for that you didn't do? And were you patient about it? And that's just one question. Ooh, that's a good question. I mean, I'm, I mean, whew. yeah, a good question. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I can't go into real detail, um, but I worked with someone who was close to me or, you know, like whatever, like you become friends with, and it, it didn't work out that person. And, and, and then they went and based on their own experience and story, falsely accused me of, you know, the relationship going awry and them losing their job and, you know, and then, you know, word spread that, you know, I was a horrible person. And I was at the age where I wasn't mature enough to let it go. I really held on to it and it affected my sleep, my mood. Uh, I had anxiety about it because I, I care too much that I was right and that what people thought about me. And so I really had to pray through it and talk to people and we've, I eventually reconciled with this person. Like we talked it out, but it wasn't till like, like years later, like maybe three or four years later. So I just had to live with sort of this false accusation or misinterpretation of what really happened. So. Man, you went good. You you've did been good. Through that. I mean, we oh, all yeah. have in some way, shape or form, but yeah. it's not fun. When well, bearing know? the wrongs patiently, it's not easy to be patient. Well, and the flip side of that is I, there's been times where I've done something wrong. And what I've learned is like just admitting it, say you're sorry, reconciling. And so not trying to not admit when you're wrong is just mm-hmm. as important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Okay, good. That was number one. You have some written down. Well, I mean, this I is different to be than Bear. Like you're just off the fly, Bear. Yeah, I'm a flying well, bear. He is like a legend at the six pack. I'm new to this. No, no, you're doing great, Holly. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm really enjoying there's this, There's no telling what she's going to ask Thank me because she yeah. knows a lot. Well, Deacon Bear, it's a lot of what he talked about, <laughs> mm-hmm. talked about times that we've done things and haven't gotten caught mm-hmm. or punished for them. How often did that happen to you as a kid, <laughs> a.k.a. were you a sneaky kid? Oh, my goodness. Gosh, hands down. My parents probably still finding out things I did as a kid. <laughs> they might find out today. <laughs> yeah. So one of the funniest stories uh, is when I first started driving, I took my dad's truck. And I drove it so fast that it blew up. 
What? Yeah. That's possible? And me and a friend of mine, little Mike Morrow, <laughs> T. Mike is his name. It, T. Mike, if you're listening, man, what a memory. We were jumping over South Washington Street in my dad's little Silverado, and the, the engine blew up. Oh, my gosh. And my dad said, well, what happened? I was like, I was just driving down the road, and the engine blew up, and mm-hmm. that's not what happened. So years later, I told him. And he's like, I knew it. I knew, I knew it. I knew you were being stupid. I was like, yeah, I was being stupid. And that's just one of many. That is one of, of many, many yeah. that I witnessed. I didn't know that was possible to drive. But I have so this uh, memory mm-hmm. of, um, look, when you grow up in a small town, you start driving early too. Like Way 12. before you have a license. But Holly had a little go-kart mm-hmm. in her neighborhood. And uh, she used to speed on this go-kart. Illegally, you couldn't drive a go-kart on the streets, but it's a small town, so you just zip in, and I just see how it's flying <laughs> on this little go-kart. Do you remember that go-kart? <laughs> yes. If you and call the have... rest of our cousins, they'll tell you I threw them out that go-kart. And it didn't have brakes. That I was a bully. Oh, yeah. I mean, she was I was not a like bully a... to you. No, but you yeah. drove that... Oh, the younger cousins. Yeah, you the had younger cousins. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm in charge. <laughs> <laughs> Which brings me to my third question. Uh-huh. What team are you on, and can you explain the teams in our family? A and B team. Mm-hmm. So those have been defined, and I don't know who started the A and B team uh, terms. Maybe it was Gretchen. <laughs> maybe. My wife, or maybe it was other people. So you marry into the family, mm-hmm. and then those people sort of, start gravitating to each other. It's like a support group. <laughs> like if you marry into our family, Adam, mm-hmm. those people who marry in need support. But for sure. So then they go to the other in-laws who, who, who married and, and they find support in marrying basically into the Bennett family, mm-hmm. right? The Facebook page. You, you might be married to a Bennett if dot, dot, dot. Is there a Facebook page that? <laughs> yeah. we, have a, we have a group text. So there's A team and B team. The A team is like more, I guess you could say, Type A, a little bit more, you like know, uptight, uptight, a. and then the B team's more laid back, go with the flow, and so it's a good match. Mm-hmm. Deacon Bear, what team do you think he's on? Uh, I really think you're in the middle of that. Me? Yeah. Like sometimes you're A about stuff, but sometimes you're totally B about stuff. Well, that's true. I think we so can probably, all be that way. You probably play both sides. But I'm definitely more of the A team. Yeah. In the day to day, yeah, I can you know? see that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but you're probably on the B team. Yeah, you would, uh, yeah, you would sure. marry very well into the family. Thanks, man. Yeah, is your so, wife on the A team? Holly, she I'm she homeschools nine <laughs> kids. You're not on a B team if you're homeschooling That's nine true. kids. Shout out to your wife. That's Shout a out, true yeah. woman. She is a woman. Oh, wow. She, yeah, yeah. You awesome. would you would like Marianne. She's mm-hmm. good. Yeah, we'll but come yeah. over for red beans. Yeah, come over. Come mm-hmm. on over. Cook an extra pot. Yeah, by the, the way. The comp pot. The, the com- they com- they pot. come in a, a bus. <laughs> they, yeah, they what do you drive? A bus. They actually call it a bus. It's a 12-passenger, like 4350, but it's called a, a non-school bus bus is like its designation. You have to have a CDL. <laughs> no, because oh. it's a non-school bus. Yeah. I want a CDL. That is one of my dreams in life, is to drive a bus. Well, really? look, you're, it you're is. doing the six Just Maybe I'll s- drive it for the concourse. Okay, so do you remember <laughs> our senior high school, Adam, Holly and I, we, we all did prom together, and we had dates, and I dr- drove a, a motorhome. Yeah. I drove for a motorhome with nine couples. For real? Yeah. Talk me. about jump the curve. Oh. Yeah. Uh, this will tell you that we were sober. At least you, oh, you and I. Oh, for sure. <laughs> no, I can't say everybody else was. But I drove. Yeah. Did fine. 
Yeah, oh, yeah nine couple. We had fun. You jumped the curve completely sober. Oh, you just I didn't know how to drive an RV. <laughs> well, that thing was like you were 30 feet long. <laughs> yeah. People yeah. were sitting on tables. <laughs> it was fun. Okay, speaking, next question. Okay, my next question is, so we have our reunion coming up next weekend for high school. Oh. What are people going to um, say that your best accomplishment accomplishment was coming into this reunion in life? I have no idea. That's a great question. I haven't seen a lot of people in 30 years. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go, because you're making me go. I'm mm-hmm. going to go with you. <laughs> I am. Holly makes me do things that are probably good for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yes. I don't know. I don't even know if people remember me. I mean, but you're Paul George. But what do they know? They I mean, you have contact. a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'll bring everyone a book. They'll probably <gasps> congratulate you on your... Your, uh, how pretentious NBA? Idea. Yeah. yeah, your NBA career. <laughs> You've really, uh, really done well for yourself. How pretentious. Show up with my books and yeah. here's a signed book. Well, why don't you set up a table? They, we so we all need it. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> mean they're going to read it. <laughs> I am I am excited to reconnect with some people I haven't seen in a long time. Who Just, are you most excited for? We can give a shout out to them. Mm, well, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I can't really say. I don't really know. Mm-hmm. I mean, we could get into a whole you know, podcast of what you did just in high school, but we'll move on to the next. Okay. So maybe question. we'll, you're going to come back on the show. Maybe so. Maybe we'll get a vote. Do, do you want Holly to come back on the show and just <laughs> totally wreck the show? It'll be totally great. wreck you. Yes. But I don't know if I could do it to you. I might cry. No, you'd be good. <laughs> It'd be good. Number five, which is really a good question. I'm not trying to wreck you, but like who holds you accountable in your life to stay out of the drama like I want to call him St. Cappuccino, but you know, that's not his name. Cappuccino, I mean, I had at the bed and breakfast. (laughs) Exactly. You know, which is good. Capistrano's a soup. Yeah, Capistrano. Yeah. We're on a food theme. So who holds you accountable? Well, obviously, if you're in a good marriage, like that's your first accountability. Then you have a spiritual director, which Mm -hmm. is good accountability, which I have. Um, And then good friends. Where you say you lay with the dogs, you wake up with the fleas, or vice versa. So... Just learn as you get older that, you know, friendships, good friendships, and you don't have to have a lot of them, are really important to kind of just keep you accountable in line, you know. And you often hear people who get off the rails or off tracks in their life, they probably just weren't accountable. Mm-hmm. You know, they got out of sight, out of mind. You know, somebody lost eyes on them, you know. One thing you've done well in age is you better receive that feedback, you know. Yes. I'm sure we all do. No, 100%, definitely. And you're almost looking for it because you, you just get to a point in your life, you're like, I want to end this run pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> in 100 years, we'll all be dead. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, what's funny is I ran in, well, a friend of ours, uh, how, they host a, a dinner on Monday nights, like a community dinner, mm-hmm. Holly and her husband, Michael. And <laughs> a guy came to the show, a friend of ours, actually from Alexandria, who lives in Lafayette, uh, Chuck Soprano, he goes, listen to your show. It's the most depressing show ever. Uh, Chuck. We're going to all be dead in 100 years. And I was like, but you remembered it. Mm-hmm. You remembered the show. He's like, yeah, it was funny. We were laughing about it. So if you didn't get to listen to the, you know, we'll all be dead in 100 years show, it's a couple of shows back. I hope he listens to this. So my point is, like, I think you get to a place, hopefully, that you just want to end on a good run. And so you're open to growth and feedback and, like, you're more mature, you know. If we only knew that when we were Younger. 20, you yeah. know. Yeah, exactly. Where would we be? So my demand. Okay, it's question. Number. Which I'm very upset so that Deacon Bear. Yeah, okay. Deacon Bear and I cannot find what I'm looking for. Okay, close enough. So I don't know how many years you've been doing this show. 
six. Six. Okay, well, it could have been in the first year of the show. I don't know. You had a little intro music that was very similar to a rap that you did. Hmm. Um, A rap? (laughs) When you were younger. Maybe it was when Casey was doing the show. Mm, Maybe. Well, it went like... Okay, so the demand is you're going to do your rap. Now, he what did if I don't find. It? Can you help me? <laughs> no, seriously. It's been a long time. I mean, you act like I rap every day. It'll come back to you. What she's getting at is in high school, we did this <laughs> skit and we all had a rap in the skit, right? Well, yeah, but everybody the, went to the same. What was the, the song same, called? What was the rap? The rap song. <laughs> just the rap. But everybody went to the same beat, but Paul, the rap, like completely shut I down. I had to do. And he had Which his is, own beat. This is kind of me. Yeah. Always was a little different. Here's a little story. I can't, re- I literally <laughs> can't remember. I, think, I can remember the tune. How does it start? What's the first words? Do you remember? Um, thought it was. It's about a lot of hope. Who went, something about without yeah, yeah. dope or something? What, this is a who story. didn't give in to alcohol, <laughs> alcohol or <and> dope. dope. <laughs> you ready? I, I don't know the words. Holly will help. Well, no, I just know. Okay, so the last part. You can just rap, hi, I'm Paul, and that's my past. <laughs> now God's first and not last. Okay, here. Oh, yeah, that's Let's the last go. line. Oh, you found something, a little song. Ooh. I do remember this one. Uh, John the Baptist prophesied, a Messiah would rise. Yeah. He would try crucified, a sin in the sky. Years later in the city of Dave, what? a miracle of God came a servant of babe. Kings came from afar, they followed a star. To worship baby Jesus who was born in a barn. He brings peace on earth. His mercy is mild. God has sin is reconciled through the birth of a child. It's the story of my savior. A reason to sing. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Christ, Christ is king. king. Come on. Hallelujah. Oh my word. Wow. I remember that one. Why'd you remember that one and not your own testimony? I don't amazing. know, because we sang that one all the time. I don't know why. That was really good. I remember. Way to go, buddy. You like Adam's face was like <laughs> Shocked. Thanks for having and me. And only Holly <laughs> yeah. could make me do that. I couldn't. Have, that wouldn't have happened for she me. She literally. Did taught, you enjoy it? Though? Oh, I loved it. She talks me into again. doing things that I just wouldn't do. Well, I appreciate that. And In well, a good pu- way. Pushing you out of your comfort zone. You're pushing me out of comfort zone. Getting the grace momentum You've going, done like that you for said. Me. That's good. That's good. That's a good friendship. <laughs> Absolutely. Right well, you do a that lot for awesome. me too. Give it up for Holly. Six pack of questions. Thank you. Thank you. you thank did you great. for having me. Oh, you're coming back. I got some more detailed ones, but I spared you for today. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening to the show, everyone. Uh, thanks for the box from Mom, for Holly for being here, for Deacon Adam, and for everyone listening on the podcast or on the radio. Uh, have a great week, and we'll be back next week. God bless. Mm-hmm.